And a very good day. This is Pastor Mark Whelan and my wife, Catrice. Hi. And this is a program called Touch of God. And we're continuing the series this week called The Dwelling Place. We need to be dwelling in the Lord so that he can dwell in us. So it's all about our relationship with Jesus. And we're going to pick it up from where we left off last week. So let me hand it over to you, Catrice. God, I just thank you right now that your word is going forth and it is not returning void, but it is accomplishing what you please it to. And I just thank you, God, that the people who are listening have ears to hear and eyes to see what it is that you're saying, Lord. Let us all be open. Amen. All right. Well, we're starting off again from where we left off last week, where we were talking about the dwelling place. And of course, we're using the Amplified Classic. So last week, we began with John 15, which says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. We were defining the components at the beginning. I am the true vine. And speaking about what the vine is, that's what we're going to be getting into this week. I would like to start with the statement in Proverbs 20, verse 24, of course, in the Amplified Classic, man's steps are ordered by the Lord. How then can a man understand his way? So last week, we talked about what the vine was, and the vine in the Greek is apelos, and that definition for the function of the vine is the grapevine's function. Grapevine roots system has four functions. While woody roots provide a physical anchor of the grapevine, are responsible for transport, storage of carbohydrates, and nutrients for next season's growth, fine roots, and then take up most of the vine's water and nutrients from the soil. And so we looked at the first component of what the vine does, which is being an anchor, a heavy object attached to a rope or a chain used as a moor vessel to the sea bottom, typically one having a metal shank with a ring at one of the ends of the rope and pair of curved and or barbed flukes at the other side. And so right then and there, we are anchored. We have stability. We are fortified in Second Timothy 2 verse 19 it says nevertheless god's solid foundation stands firm sealed with the inscription the lord knows those who are his and everyone who confesses the name of the lord must turn away from wickedness and so right there we are seeing a structured foundation of the first component of what exactly does a vine do which is to be an anchor to give you stability to keep you in place to keep you from drifting, to form a solid attachment that doesn't go anywhere. It keeps you stable. And upon that, then you can begin to do the real work once you're anchored. And so we are all wanting to be definitely anchored into the vine. The second component is transport. And with the vine being a transport, or dealing with the transportation of the nutrients, we can see that the Lord is a vessel. But before we can even look at what God does for us as far as helping to transport the nutrients and the carbohydrates and everything, reading into that, we have to understand 
Jesus as our Lord. So one of the best ways that I always like to look at is when I was growing up, I lived in a house, I had two parents, and under that household, those parents, they were responsible for my well-being. They uh, would take care of me, they would feed me, give me nourishment, give me shelter, give me instruction, they would strengthen me. Literally, they would raise me up in the way that I must go. They had plans for me to prosper. They wanted me to be in good health. So the function of that is you are giving authority your permission. So the definition of Lord is someone or something having power, authority, or influence, a master ruler. Let's just say if we're in traffic and there's a police officer and they have authority over the roads to stop you if you are, let's say, speeding. They have authority. And when you see the badge and you see the uniform, you have an understanding at that moment that they have authority, jurisdiction over you and what's on that road and how everyone is conducting themselves. And so at that moment, they are the Lord over traffic, and you acknowledge them as Lord. That is the same structure that is happening when we look at Jesus as Lord and his Father as the vine dresser. We are in them under their authority, and we submit to their authority, just like when you're under your parents and they tell you whatever rules that they've made, you got to clean your room. It's at that time you're under their authority. They're providing provisions so that you can become the man, the person that you were intended to be. Amen. That's an interesting comparison, isn't it? And when you think about it, you know, we all had probably different experiences growing up with our parents and our parents telling us to go do this or do that. And there are some of us, me included, that were rebellious against parents at a certain age. I didn't want to follow their rules. I felt trapped. I felt controlled, manipulated, Um, not in a bad way. But as a child, you think you're being mistreated, but really your parents are actually loving you. They are only doing what they need to do for your own good because they love you. In a situation where you have the parents, you find yourself in a situation where your free will isn't really free because you're basically being told what to do. Now, the difference here is the Lord is the vine. He is the true vine. The Father is the vine dresser. And the Lord is never going to force you to do something against your free will. But there surely is goodness and redemption and reconciliation and, and life if you do choose Jesus and you choose to be the branch in his true vine. The Lord will not force us. When we do decide to receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, you know, the Bible says that God chastises those whom he loves. So he becomes our Heavenly Father, and Jesus becomes our Lord and Savior when we decide in our free will choice to receive him as such. And then at that point, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 says that God translates us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. So we change parents at that point. We change the parent from what the, the old parent we used to have, the devil, Satan. And now we have a new parent, the best parent we could ever hope for, and that's our heavenly father. 
And we also have Jesus as our Lord and Savior and and the Holy Spirit bringing us truth. So it's an interesting comparison. You know, our biological parents would have probably forced us to do things against our free will. But when it comes to the Lord, we must choose him with our free will. We're not going to be forced to his feet, although eventually, eventually, every knee shall bow, whether those knees want to or not. Amen. 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 That was really good. It made me think about when I was a child and I didn't want to to clean my room. But as I got older and I was told that again and again, it's time to clean your room. When I was a child, I, I had that attitude and I didn't understand, well, you know, why do I have to stop everything right now and clean my room? But as I got older and I became a teenager, I understood that when I cleaned my room, there was order. I could think better. It was more peaceful when it wasn't cluttered. And so we get the benefit of instructions, right? Because we don't always know sometimes what's even best for us. We like to think we know what is best for us. But when you have someone over you who has walked in your footsteps who has lived a life before you, then they can go before you and prepare the way for you by instructing you in these areas so then you won't make those mistakes anymore. So a good example is when I was a child, parents were like, don't put your hand in the fire. And I was just like, why, why, why do I have to not put my hand in the fire? It's beautiful, it's colorful. I mean, why are they telling me not to put my hand in the fire? And so of course... I put my hand in the fire. (laughs) And when I put my hand in the fire, I got burned. Same thing happened when they were like, don't put your hand in the crack of the door. And I was just like, why shouldn't I put my hand? What happens when I put my hand in the crack of the door? Put my hand in the crack of the door and oh boy. And so when we go through these points, it creates a memory and we remember why we shouldn't do it. But as we get older, we learn from our mistakes, right? And When they say don't do something, we have that memory of, okay, when they told me not to do this, I did it and my hand got burned in the fire. When they told me not to put my hand in the door, I did it and my hand got hurt in the door. So as I become older, I learn from the error of my ways and I know that the people who are over me, they have wisdom and they want to prevent us from walking in a certain way. It's kind of like when a person has a cast on their bone if they broke their arm, the cast is there to make sure that that bone, when it grows back the way it's supposed to, that the foundation of the bone is straight and not crooked. And so when we make Jesus our Lord and Savior, it makes it so we don't grow up crooked. We don't grow up in the wrong way. And so when they're our vine and our vine dresser, they're providing nutrients, just like our parents. They're telling us what to do, which way to go. They're guiding us. But the only thing is, is we have to make a decision. Are we going to listen to them? There's always a choice. Choose this day in whom you must serve. So even when you're in traffic and a cop stops you, you have a choice to pull out your driver's license and registration. But if you don't, you did not follow authority. And then that's when 
you pay the consequences of not following the authority that was placed over you in that situation. None of us want that. And so right now we're just asking and we're talking to ourselves also that we just take some time right now and we just say to ourselves, Lord, have we made you our Lord? And even if I think that I've made you my Lord, what have I made you Lord over? Have I made you Lord over my job when a situation arises, when something comes up in my life? Have I made you Lord or do I just go into panic over my job? Who's in control if something happens at my job? Are you the Lord over my job? Have I have I made that decision? Are you Lord over the friends in my life, deciding who's my friends, who's going to pour into me, who's going to be around me? Have I given that over to the Lord or do I just drift and pick whomever and then when something happens and they're pouring into me bad things, then do I go to the Lord to sort that out? Or has Jesus been my Lord since the beginning before I entered into certain situations? How do I see myself? What is the image that I have learned through whomever it is that I'm following? If I've chosen certain people to pour into me, they've created an image. But the truth is, if Jesus is my Lord and Savior, then I'm supposed to be molded into the image of Christ. But instead, I'm taking on the attributes of who's around me. And it's like, did God want me to choose who certain people to be around me to pour into me or to be open to that effect where if I had chosen incorrectly those things that were poured into me bad behaviors would I take on those attributes and then in those situations I wouldn't have the Lord that I should have had because of the situation that I chose a different Lord in that situation. Is he Lord over my finances? Is he Lord over my future plans? Is he Lord over anxiety and inner thought processes in life? Have I cast my cares upon the Lord? Have I given those things over to him? Am I meditating on him? Am I keeping my eyes on things above and not below? Or am I just dealing with situations myself? What areas, what other areas can we think about that we just don't give over to the Lord? And let's for a moment, Catrice, let's link those two for a second. Your finances and anxiety and inner thoughts. So a lot of people will, let's just say they have a financial situation and that causes them to be anxious. That is because their trust is not in the provider of the finances. Amen. And it might sound a little harsh today. You may say, well, no, I believe in Jesus. I believe that I'm born again. But we can be a believer in Jesus as Lord, as he is Lord over all things. But are we making him Lord over these areas in our life? Because remember, we have a free will choice. And it's not the only time when you use your free will is to give your life to Christ. There's many other free will choices you make every hour of every day, even after becoming born again. But the idea is to seek the truth about God's will for these areas and what he has already provided you, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, 
he can't bless you any more than he already has. If he's given you every spiritual blessings, then he isn't holding any back. So if we read Matthew chapter 6, for example, verses 25 to 34, and we won't read it all today, but it goes on about Jesus saying, if God so clothed the lilies of the field, how much more would he want to take care of you? And I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but read the rest of that chapter because that gives you comfort that he knows about the birds and the sparrows that that fall from the trees. God cares about everything he creates. So how much more will he take care of you? Because you are the one who is seated in heavenly places in Christ. There's no sparrow in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. There's no animal in Christ. Only the human race, those who believe in Jesus and received him as Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, they are the only ones who get to be in Christ, redeemed, reconciled, restored. So how much more compared to those sparrows and the lilies of the field, can you imagine that God is going to take care of you, a true believer of the Lord, as you seek Jesus as the true vine and he's your source down your branch? And you will not only have enough finances for your own bills, but your branch will be so full of fruit if you seek the Lord with all of your heart and you believe the truth about finances and all God's provision for you, that you'll have an abundance from the Lord in order to bless other people. And that, as you receive this truth out of the word of God, not out of the word of our mouths, but out of the word of God as you study this. This is just one example. You will then be anxious for nothing in relating to this because you know that you can trust in your Lord. He is faithful because he loves you. And what good parent would not provide for their children? Amen. 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 So based on that point, let's go back to John 15. I am the true vine. How many of us right now if we're honest with ourselves, if we're thinking about everything, have in some areas not picked the true vine. We've listened to other people. We've had other lords in other areas. How many of us don't have a true vine that is that we're able to turn to who is going to prune us and treat us the way we need to be treated so that we we can grow up strong and we can be edified and uplifted. How many of us have turned in different directions? And again, I think that this is something to be examined before you even enter into John 15, know what you're entering into, know what it means for Jesus to be Lord and his father to be the vine dresser. Because this is very interesting. A lot of times I have encountered others who they've made a commitment to the Lord, but they've only made it with words and they haven't followed it up with their actions. And so Jesus is Lord if their friends are watching or if they're feeling condemnation. But when they're out on the road and someone cuts them off, there's another Lord that takes over and they speak different words. And Jesus isn't Lord in that situation because they didn't choose this day whom they're going to serve. And so let's all be careful today. I just thank you, God, that we are choosing. We are choosing you. And for those of you who have not chosen him yet, You can take time to choose him, but know 
be knowledgeable about what you're entering into and know that you have a good daddy who wants to look after you, who wants to protect you, who wants to provide nutrients, shelter, a dwelling place for you. He wants to be your redeemer. He wants to be your healer. He wants to be all of these things to you, but will you allow him to be that in your life? We have to choose that. We don't just wake up and just say, oh, okay, I guess I'll just do what my friends are doing. No, know that when you choose him, he's a good daddy and you can go to him and he will hear your prayers and he will answer them because the Bible says, my sheep know my voice. God knows our voices. So look to him today, make that choice, make a full knowledgeable decision. The Bible says my people perish because of lack of knowledge. And we have to look at that and say, I don't want to perish. Make sure that you have an understanding and a relationship with Jesus Christ. Make him your Lord today and fully know what that means. Surrender all. If you're going through situations right now and you don't understand what's going on, it's because at the beginning of the situation, maybe you didn't make Jesus Lord over that car decision and you went and you bought this hot looking car from a dealership based on how it looked and you didn't do the research because you had no one to guide you. Well, God wants to guide you. God wants to guide you today. He wants He wants you to hear his voice and to be guided by him so that he can help you make good decisions so that you can cast your cares upon him today. It's never too late to choose. It's never too late to go forward and to make that decision. You will be walking down a straight and narrow path, but it'll be more exact. You'll have direction. He's a lamp unto your feet. He's a light unto your path. He will illuminate your path. He will show you the way that you must go. So again, it's up to you because Jesus and God, they're gentlemen. They won't force anyone into making a decision. But if you make a decision, you won't regret making a decision because everybody needs direction. Everybody needs help and we can't do it on our own. Amen. Yes, the Lord during the course of your life will present choices to you that you will have to make a decision, but he won't force you to make a particular decision or a particular choice. The choice is yours. Amen. Uh, So if you're wondering, this sounds like I might be in condemnation because I don't think I'm doing all these things. No, we're not trying to condemn you today. We're trying to encourage you in deciding to commit more of your heart to the Lord, to seek him out, to seek him with all of your heart so that you'll find him, but so that you will come to know Jesus in the secret place, intimately hear his voice, but just focusing your heart and making sure that it's pointing towards Jesus, that's the first step. Making sure that your heart is not pointing anywhere else. Amen. Focus your thoughts, focus the eyes in your heart towards him and just continue to seek him and allow him to lead you and and ask him, Lord, please show me the way on my finances. Show me the truth on this. Holy Spirit, help me, teach me. I want to do the Lord's will. And the Lord will be so pleased to hear your heart cry for that. He will surely direct you to the truth and he will help you carry it out according to his will. 
He is not playing hide-and-seek on anyone. He wants the relationship with us that he's paid so preciously for. He has so much for us that he just wants us to know the Word of God, his Word, so that we would know the truth, so that we can live the life he created for us to have. And I'm not talking about prosperity in a way of just rolling in money. No, I'm talking about being able to bless others because you are wealthy. Amen. Not that money will stick to you, but money will flow through you. And that's just one example. You want to be able to pray for others with the love of Christ, to know that he went to the whipping post so that they are healed, so that you can lay hands on the sick. God wants to flow through you in many ways, but he wants you to know who you are now in him. Amen. So seek him. But know that when you're seeking him, you're seeking at connection with the true vine, and that's Jesus himself. Amen. 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 That's all the time we have for this week. You can call us on country code 1-407-705-3151 for prayer. That's country code 1-407-705-3151. You can also send us a prayer request at prayer at tog.world. That's prayer at touchofgod.world. And until the same time next week, be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.